You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. I'd like to read from you from the book of Galatians, just one verse, but invite you to listen carefully and note that it is three times in this one verse that the apostles assists that there's no way in the world we can have salvation without the grace of God, not through trying to please God through our good works. Galatians 2, verse 16, we know that a man is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. One, even we have believed in Christ in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. That's two. Because by the works of the law, no one shall be justified. That's three. May my words be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, we pray. Amen. Well, as I asked you yesterday, I ask you again, how would you rate? That was yesterday, but today, how would you rate? your relationship between God and your soul. I'm going to, and I'll come back to that, I'm going to, for those of you who have been here either Wednesday or Friday, uh, I, I want to spend just a few minutes with a little review of what we have uh, been going over Wednesday and Thursday. So hang in there. Uh, Paul had convinced the newly converted uh, Gentiles in the region of Galatia, that all is well with their soul for one reason and for one reason only, which is uh, an everlasting, never-waving, secure reason, and that is faith in Jesus Christ and what he accomplished on the cross. These Gentiles received this good news at first uh, with great joy and transformed lives. In short order, However, these same Galatians had come under the influence of some well-meaning Pharisees, we think, whom we now call Judaizers, uh, who preached to them uh, an insidious, uh, subtle, but very damaging heresy of the Christian church, a heresy that has plagued the church in the first century and continues to plague the century uh, uh, that we are currently lived in, and I am confident it will always plague the Christian church until he comes again. It is that great and subtle heresy that comes from adding anything to or taking anything from what Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross as a means of our being acceptable to God. From the cross he said, it is finished. If you see the angel above the, that beautiful painting, this is what the angel said as he hung there. Some of you have read C.S. Lewis's uh, great book, Screwtape Letters. And if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it to you. Perhaps you remember the devil's name? Screwtape, who instructs his minion Wormwood to creep to keep Christian churches distracted from Jesus as Redeemer and Savior of the world 
Interestingly, Wormwood was told not to do it by making snide, degrading remarks about Christianity. He was not told, he was not told not to make any direct attacks against Christianity. Uh, Screwtape, far too smart for that, the devil. But instead, Screwtape instructed Wormwood to get the congregations he served to focus on Christianity and anything else other than him crucified for the sins of the world and for our salvation. For sure, Screwtape wanted Wormwood to focus on important, intriguing, extremely relevant things that make popular, interesting sermons just anything. You can use Jesus' name, but not as Savior of the world, not as someone who died for us. These days, Screwtape would undoubtedly tell Wormwood to to direct the focus of all the people uh, in the pews to Christianity and the war. That would bring a nice crowd. Christianity and pacifism. Christianity and inflation. Christianity and illegal immigration. Even Christianity and morality. Christianity and poverty. Christianity and the virus. Christianity and become better parents, anything except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why is the devil so determined to distract the church from the cross and what was done there? Simply because the cross is the promise of free, instantaneous, perfect, irreversible, everlasting pardon to those who believe in him and trust in him. Now, Paul fought this heresy tooth and nail. As he said, I am astonished that you are buying into this. Whosoever is preaching this to you, let him be emasculated because he knew that the whole doctrine of grace would fall. The whole Christian church would become one of many nice religions and would put the Christians back into bondage and on a treadmill of justification. Nolan Ryan, great pitcher, maybe one of the greatest ever, he's quoted as saying, only, you're only as good as the last game that you pitched. Uh, that's justification by performance. Do we still... I should have checked. Do we still talk about balance sheet religion here? No. It's quite common, even among professed Christians and of all denominations. Balance scale religion is that popular notion that if you take a lifetime of things that you have done that are good, uh, you think, uh, things that uh, you've done for, uh, for your fellow mankind and, and all the, the good thoughts and good moral living. You put it over here. And then you've got to ask the question on the other side of the scale, what, what are some of the things that you should have been doing that you didn't do and you didn't get around to, uh, things that you have done that you're not really so 
you would hate for to read about it in the papers, things that maybe only your spouse knows or maybe, maybe he or she doesn't even know it, and you see how the, tale, the scales tip. And of course, you have to bear in mind that one little slip, now, you know, you can pop it, it'll, it'll bring the scales back down uh, the, the other way. It's called balanced scale religion. And you remember Mr. Ignorance out of uh, 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 Pilgrim's Progress, you remember how he said, well, my relationship with God is good, uh, at least for now. The scales look good, but they always, they easily tipped. That is not Christianity, balanced scale religion. I call it BS religion <laughs> because it's not the gospel. It's a serious heresy. The great doctrine of justification is by faith alone and not from law. But we all, being re- recovering Pharisees, can even make faith our works. And I ask you seriously, have you ever worried about having enough faith? I bet you do. I remember my first parish ever in Charleston. There was a a senior in high school, a young young girl. She was a frightened girl because apparently she had been bombarded by a well-meaning kind of Bible-pounding, self-proclaimed Bible authority her same age as they were in a little group, uh, little group Christian friendship circle. And the friend had given this girl a bumper sticker that says, don't be caught dead without Jesus. And don't get me wrong, I don't want to be caught dead without Jesus. But this well-meaning friend had really gotten to her about what she called saving faith. And the young girl in my office wanted to know, what kind of faith is that? And and how much of it do I need? Uh, And I told her then, as I tell you, remind you now, if you ever worried about having enough faith and you have nothing to worry about. And so whatever faith that you do have, even if it's only a flicker, was given to you, it's a gift, and so with great thanksgiving, you're invited to take that faith, even if it's a flicker, and take it to the throne of mercy and grace. Same with the prayer life. Oh, yes. You can make prayer law as a way of getting right with God. I know that because I've done it myself. Your prayers are not quite inclusive enough. Uh, they're not quite long enough either. You're not focused enough because even while you were saying the Lord's Prayer, your mind was somewhere else. They're just not good enough. And so you get kind of burned out and frustrated. Now, let me change subject, change directions here. So I promised I would. I'm going to talk about the law. Uh, have everything that Paul wrote, did it mean that he uh, had absolutely no regard, regard from the law? in God's uh, commandments? Oh, no, not at all. Paul knew that the commandments of God, God's law plays an important, very important part of religious lives. And now what part is that? Well, I'm not going to venture uh, into the oft-discussed, sometimes debated, threefold use of the law. 
That's okay for you scholars. Uh, I'm, uh, I get interested from time to time, but it doesn't hold my attention too long. Uh, so I hope those of you who are looking for the, third, the three uses of the law won't be disappointed. But suffice it to say, for Paul, what was the primary purpose of the law? The law properly understood, according to Paul, was to humble the self-righteous fire out of you. Bring it to your knees, out of your ability to keep the law. I mean, read again, read again for the first time carefully to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And if you think you can live up to it, <laughs> well, called spiritual blindness. As Paul said in Romans 3.19, we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped. And that's why we cannot and should not preach the gospel without preaching God's commandments, the law. The soul must be humbled before the Savior can be exalted. It is impossible to tell people that they are saved unless they know what they are saved from. Otherwise, I love Whitfield on there, George Whitfield. Otherwise, we end up with mushroom converts. George Whitfield, friend of John Wesley, mushroom converts, he said, are people who converted that are always happy, 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 and never miserable. And that's because their soul, their, their, uh, has not been plowed up. Uh, they've not been convicted of their inability to keep God's law. And once again, I realize I'm not telling you a... Nothing. I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. I fully realize that. But how, how about really at, at the, at the uh, what I would call the uh, gut level, the deep, deep level, is a, is a recurring, uh, a recovering Pharisee. Uh, it's just really hard to, uh, to let the, uh, the power of grace alone, uh, really to, to buy into it. And once again, our conscience comes along and whispers, yeah, but faith without works is dead. That's true. But I'll tell you what's deader, and, that, and that's works without faith. I say that com- confidently because it's plainly written in Hebrews eleven six. It is impossible to please God without faith. Quite a statement. I'm going to end with something. I really had not planned to end with this illustration of the power of the grace uh, because I didn't, uh, I want to give you something fresh. <laughs> and I think, I think a lot of uh, folks have, uh, here ha- have heard me use this before, either from this pulpit or, or from the uh, dean's class perhaps. But I'm just telling you, as, as I come in here and I'm, um, this is my home. I just, re- I just reminded constantly of a conversation I had with a young man in the back of that church after the 11 o'clock service as the people were, were leaving and saying uh, very nice things. And, and uh, there's, there's, I could tell one guy kind of hung back until uh, they had an opportunity to speak with me. Uh, and he, he did. And kind of looked over his shoulders and said, hey, Frank, I got a problem. 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm hooked on internet porno. And uh, I said, well, you know, I, I, I would love to talk to you more about this, but I have a lunch appointment, and I, and I truly did. And in retrospect, I thank God that I had another appointment because I would have said, hey, let me tell you what I want you to do. I want you to read uh, a dozen psalms every morning, and I want you to do, uh, I want you to uh, read this, and we read that, and there's uh, some other things that I want you to work on, and give him a little checklist of things that he might do. I didn't, number one, I didn't have time for it, but I said, uh, you know, this, this is serious, I told him, and uh, I would love for you to speak to, uh, to uh, well, Gilcracker is probably here, I actually use it, I mean, a, a Christian counselor, and I said, uh, I'll, I'll set it up for you. It may be a couple of days. I don't think it's here on Monday. And maybe. But I said, but let me leave you with one verse while you're struggling with this thing. And he said, uh, okay. And I said, Romans 8.1, <laughs> there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And he Okay, well, what else? I said, no, no, no. I want you to think about that one. Every time you get ready to click it on your internet, just think. There is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And his eyes welled up, and he kind of quivered his lips. And he said, are you sure that's all? I said, just remember it. And uh, he, he said, thank you. <laughs> just like that, thank, thank you. And I could tell something hit him. I didn't know what, except later he, he called and, and said, hey, you know what, I, I, somehow or another, I don't, he said, I don't want to sound too, you know, too uh, flaky here. But he said, I can feel that grip, Listen, just, just, just easing up just a little. And uh, I said, well, that's the, that's the power of grace. Man, and, is, and, and I'm convinced that there is no power on this earth greater than the power of God's unconditional, unearned love from Jesus Christ. And it has not been fully covered by the man on the cross. And so here's the bottom line with Paul and what I would call loose living and bad living. He said, and I think this came, this is not Paul. No, I think this is Charles Simeon. He said this. He said, let the heedless, carefree sinner hear God's warnings and tremble for God's warnings shall be fulfilled. But let the anxious sinner listen to his words of grace and be at peace. It is all it is well with your soul, not just for today, but yesterday and today and tomorrow. So help me God, and may God now draw reluctant hearts and now give doubting souls courage to believe this for Christ's sake. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.